Greetings, seriously planners. It is September, which for me is the time of new beginnings. It's a time of fresh starts, of bouquets of sharpened pencils, of crisp air. In my case, not so crisp air because there is an air quality warning in Vancouver right now, so the air is actually quite smoky and hazy. But in general, September always feels like that time of of crisp air and cups of tea and the promise of pumpkins and so many other wonderful things. And yesterday, it is the beginning of a very busy September. I'm working in a post-secondary institution, and September is a time when students come back when the campus is filled with people again. And I haven't actually been in a university institution in September for a while now, and so I think the influx of people back has taken me a little bit by surprise. And yesterday, I found myself with tears in my eyes more than once. And it started at the beginning of the day when I read an article about Mark Gonzalez, who is a storyteller and an artist and so many other things. I read an article about his latest book, which is a children's book called Yo Soy Muslim. It's a children's book that is a love letter or a a letter you can say from a father to his daughter. And it just, the words of this book struck my heart. I haven't read the entire book. All I've read are snippets and seen some of the illustrations that have been posted online. And just reading the snippets that I read brought me to tears. Um, The book, from what I can tell, is about courage, about recognizing who you are, about feeling strong and connected to your creator, to your identity, to other people who care for you, and also having courage in the moments when people don't recognize who you are and when people ask you questions that are uncomfortable and challenging and um, unnecessary. The passage in particular that brought tears to my eyes, I'm going to read. It's been in a number of different articles that I've read about the book, and it goes like this. Dear little one, know you are wondrous, a child of crescent moons, a builder of mosques, a descendant of brilliance, an ancestor in training. And I think even just reading it right now, um, I, I feel teary because there is so much, I think, in the world today that tears away at one's sense of wholeness and completeness and identity. And the thought of a book that is about instilling that in children from a young age that know you are whole, you are part of a tradition, you are everything that you need to be, you are wondrous, um, made me very emotional. So I want a copy of this book. I don't have uh, nieces or little girls in my life, um, nor my parent, but I want a copy of this book, multiple copies of this book, both for my family and for friends with children and family with kids, um, just because the messages in this book are ones that I want to remind myself of daily, and I also want uh, to share with others as well. And I'm so, I don't know if proud is the right word, but so happy that this imprint of Salam Reads, which is the imprint of which this book has emerged, I'm so happy that this imprint exists. I'm so happy the publishers are taking strides towards more inclusive storytelling. The books are recognized as a place for where narratives can change. Um, tomorrow is International Literacy Day. And uh, it's always been a time when I, I think about libraries and I think about what literature means, but there is something about this book and reading those passages yesterday that really made me think about why we celebrate International Literacy Day um, and why inclusive storytelling matters. It's because books have the capacity to change the way you see yourself and to not only change the way you see yourself, but also from the beginning create models of which you see yourself. So 
so much to say about this book, but I actually haven't read it, but I want to. And so that was kind of the first moment in the day that I found myself with tears in my eyes. The second moment in the day was when I heard a podcast called Accidental Muslims, which is based, I think, in South Africa. I've never heard this podcast before, um, but we have an open concept office of which I'm a part. And so sometimes it gets quite noisy and it's nice to have something that you're listening to as you're doing your actual tasks, just to give yourself a bit of a zone in which to work. And the author of a book that I thoroughly, thoroughly love called Onion Tears, the author of that book, whose name is Shabnam Khan, was on this podcast. And so I bookmarked it on my phone as something to listen to at a later date. And yesterday I found myself um, having that space of time where I could work and, and listen at the same time, which lesson learned I shouldn't listen to podcasts at work because I found myself teary once again. And I found myself teary for the same reasons in a way that I was teary about Mark Gonzalez's books, but also teary for different reasons as well. The podcast was about um, Shabnam, the author of Onion Tears, her journey as a writer, the reasons that she writes, how she found herself in the role of a writer, what books mean, and really encompassed a lot of different topics. And Onion Tears for me is a book that I read when I lived in South Africa, um, less than a year. It, it's been less than a year since we've been back in Canada. For a couple of years, I was in South Africa. And when I found myself homesick and confused and really trying to figure out what Johannesburg was, Onion Tears was a book that I read. And it helped me feel more grounded in the place that I was in. It made me appreciate stories that describe what it was I was observing. And for so many reasons, I love that book dearly. It's a very, very well-written book. And in the interview, she talked about, the author Shabnam, she talked about um, starting to write because she found it difficult to speak. And she talked about writing as a way to connect people. And someone who accidentally got her book through Amazon because they were searching for a different book, reading her book, recognizing themselves within that story, and then finding a connection with Muslim women that they wouldn't have ever found themselves in previously because they had met these characters that they connected with. And that story was just so beautiful. And it reminded me again why books are important, um, why storytelling matters, and why representative stories matter in particular. She also talked about uh, God works sometimes to use you to do something. Um, and that was connected to how stories can make a difference. And sometimes God has an intention and you are part of that, that larger intention. Um, she talked about knowing yourself and knowing if you know yourself, you know God, and just having a culture of gratitude within your life. And all of those points, I um, talking about it again, I'm a little bit teary, but in the office, I was like, this is the wrong thing to listen to right now because I just found myself so emotional. It was um, startling and embarrassing. Um, but also so moving and just really changed the tone of my day very dramatically in a good way. Then I got home and my husband is away for Hedge right now. So um, while I've been trying to explore the city and do lots of different things, it's been quite busy at work right now. So some of that exploration is a little bit on a pause. And it, sometimes home is a little bit quiet. So I've been watching um, the Great British Baking Show. I think that's what it's called, The Great British Bake Off. Um, and there's a Canadian version that's launching of that show soon. And so in sort of preparation or to 
gather momentum for that show. Um, CBC, which is the the public broadcaster here in Canada, has been has uploaded the 2015 season and the 2016 season of the British show. And in 2015, the winner of the Great British Bake Off was a Muslim woman named Nadia. And I've never actually watched the season of the show in which she was a part. I've seen her books since she's won. I follow her on Twitter. I've watched interviews with her. She seems lovely and dynamic, but I've never actually watched her on the show. And so over the past um, 10 episodes, of which I watched the finale last night, I've been watching her from day one being a really uncertain baker coming last uh, in three consecutive weeks in the technical challenge, and then her confidence and her skills building and building over time. And and the whole way of time, I've known that she is the winner of this show. So it's fascinating to watch without feeling the anxiety of who's going to be eliminated. Will Nadia be eliminated? Because I already know, from the, I've known from the beginning that she is the winner of this show. And what's been really impressive for me throughout the show is I've been reading this book called Grit by Angela Duckworth, which is about day-by-day persistence, being connected to goals that are important to you, picking yourself up in moments of failure, carrying on going, and just a day-to-day consistent effort that leads us to excellence and what that looks like. And when you watch her performance throughout the show, she, for the she does not have impeccable bakes every single time. Uh, and like for the first three weeks, she comes last. Um, there's times when her bakes just go terribly and there's a moment where uh, the judge is saying one of the early episodes that she's really good at the ones where she can practice. And you can tell when she says, there's moments of the show where she says, I made 200 of this item practicing at home, that you know that there's a lot of work and dedication and effort going on in between the shows prepping at home. And the technicals are the times that it's you don't know what you're going to be presented with, and it's really uncertain. But even her performance in the technicals improves. So in the last show, which is what I saw last night, I found myself again crying because she makes this wedding cake that is stunning. Um, and she has a bake that isn't very good as well. And she puts her all into this show, um, into this bake. She is impeccable and just so stunning to watch. And then she wins and you, she's in tears. The judges are in tears. Her spouse is in tears. And it was a lesson about holding on, holding firm to things that matter to you, um, to not putting limitations on yourself that are, um, of your own creation and just holding firm and trying as hard as you possibly can, even on, if, your performance at times is not impeccable, is not flawless. Um, the effort and the commitment and the sheer determination uh, will produce something as long as you keep walking. It was like a very emotional finale. I found it really surprising, but I think <coughs> I've been in a... Um, I've been surrounded by students and other young people and people my age and lots of people recently where it just seems like there's such overwhelming obstacles to just being a person, a visibly Muslim person in the world, a person of color in the world, that there's very little representation. Um, 
it, you can be surrounded by spaces that aren't inclusive. There can be a lot of barriers. And I think that show uh, was a reminder that you can find your identity in your place at, at any stage. Um, and reinvention and excellence is possible. It was very, very inspiring. And then finally, um, a friend of mine spoke as a keynote speaker at an event called Women of Influence uh, last night or the night before. And she is, her name is Janella. She is the first woman in a hijab to be um, on TV news in Canada. And there's been a lot of discussion and, and press coverage of her as a result of this. And she's been doing incredible work. And she posted snippets of her talk online on social media and I was watching these little snippets of her talk and tearing up again because she was talking about her mom about how her mom has always advocated for spaces for her and her sister um she talked about why inclusive representative spaces are important each snippet that I saw was so powerful and so meaningful and again was a reminder that even if there aren't you are the only one or if there's no one that looks like you that grit and that commitment and that excellence and that support network around you are so, so important. And stories matter and who tells stories matter. And so throughout the day, from the story of a father to his daughter to uh, Shabnam telling stories in her previous work to the work she's doing currently to the story of Nadia and her baking and what that represents that is so much more than baking to the keynote about what it means to be a person in a headscarf telling stories in Canada. Throughout the day, I was reminded about stories, about narrative, about commitment, about grit, about excellence. And I'm so grateful for these four women, for, for these four stories and people that I encountered yesterday. It has been a very challenging week, um, but these have been things that have really soothed my soul given me things that I need and um, really created a spirit of celebration for International Literacy Day tomorrow. So thank you, and I hope you check out all of those things that I've just mentioned. Till next time, happy International Literacy Day.